0: Welcome in to another episode of Home, Field, Advantage. Hope you're all having a great start to your week and your Christmas season wherever you may be across our great country or our great land. It's November 27th, 2023, and I realize it's been a long time since I did a show I don't think I've done a show since last Friday, which I believe was the 19th, the 17th, something like that. So it has been a long time, but I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you were able to relax. And I have come to the conclusion that this Monday, the Monday morning which I'm recording and which you may be listening, is one of the most depressing mondays of the year and i thought about this for a second usually the monday you go back to work after new year's especially for those of you who may have had a long holiday break in between christmas and new year that's pretty hard the monday after a long weekend at um in the summer like if the fourth of july was on a friday like those are pretty hard but there's something about going back to work after vacation during the Thanksgiving season that is like super difficult for me. It might be because it's dark as hell outside uh, and cold. Whereas maybe you don't get that in January and certainly not in the summer, but I don't know. I woke up this morning and it was just seasonal depression rolled up into one um but that was again only compounded worse by the patriots loss yesterday which we'll get to in a little bit um i don't want to be too patriots heavy i have a couple things i want to get to in today's show it's going to be quick but the cfp rankings are out again and there's Going to be a few scenarios where it could change, but in my opinion, I think I don't know. I don't think it will, and I'm not sure if there will be any movement, even if things happen in a conference championship game next weekend. Talk about that first, and then we'll get over to the NFL. We'll talk about the Patriots, and we will talk about the rest of the league. So, where I want to begin with college football is this. I'm not a big college football guy, but what I will tell you is, there's never been a year since they began the playoff where I think they needed a, a expanded twelve or eighteen playoff more than this year, and it feels like we say that every year. Last year there was a ton of teams that could have made the, uh, you know the the four. This year it's just like that all over again. Right. I mean, obviously, Georgia, Michigan, like they were going to make the playoff. In my opinion, even if they were 11 and one. um, I think there's still a case to be made that Ohio State sneaks in. Right. So that's 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 what I'm getting at, uh, is that. Ohio State. It, you know, I would not go to bed crying just yet because they made it in last year after losing at home to Michigan now this is three straight years that the Wolverines have beaten Ohio State and if that is what keeps them out then I don't know what Ryan Day's future in uh, Columbus looks like but that's sort of a sidebar here let's look at the rankings obviously as I was talking about UGA Michigan 1 and 2 Washington I think is a deserving 3 at the moment. Um I think their resume is slightly better than the Florida States. You know, they have that win over Oregon. They have a win over ranked USC a couple weeks ago that was a shootout. They also have a win um on the road at places like Michigan State and uh Arizona. So they have a couple big road wins. Um and then, of course, that road win as well that I mentioned against USC, and then not to mention their home win against Utah. So they have, and then of course beating the uh, Oregon State on the road as well. So it's really it's their road record. Obviously, they have their home win against Oregon um, and against uh, Utah, but they've also beaten Oregon State, Arizona. And Michigan State on the road um, and then next week they play in the uh, Pac-12 championship against Oregon at 8pm on ABC uh, which is actually on Friday which is strange um, but here's the deal Washington has to win that game I think if Oregon is able to beat Washington I think Oregon Makes their case that says, "Look, guys, we're the pack. We're the Pac-12 champs. You know, we have. Yeah, we lost to Washington once. We're the Pac-12 champs, and our resume is pretty good too. You know, they beat. They also beat USC. They also beat uh, Oregon State. Oregon State. They also um, have had big road wins, including um, one." against uh utah in which it wasn't really close at all back uh, in october 35 to 6. so they have a very similar resume and if they carry the conference title card in and they've both beaten each other once i think it's safe to say that oregon could sneak in ahead of washington and that that could be a um, big factor in in deciding that now this happened a little bit last year where TCU beat Kansas state in the regular season and then Kansas state beat them in the conference title game, but TCU still made it in. I think last year's TCU team had a stronger resume than Kansas state to begin with. Whereas in so that the conference title game meant less in, in that big 12 in that particular year. But in this instance, if Oregon is to beat Washington, they have very similar resumes, but yet, Oregon is the conference champ. I think Oregon makes it in over Washington. So you're basically, you're going to end up with Oregon or Washington. I don't think you're going to end up with two PAC 12 teams in the, in the playoff. That's where I'm getting it. So at this point we we've sort of established, I think, I think George is going to win their sec championship um, against uh, LSU. is that who, no, It's Alabama. I I still think George is going to win that. That's going to be a uh, tremendous uh, it's going to be a tremendous game against Alabama, um, but I, I still think Georgia wins that game at a neutral site. Right? It would be one thing if it was in Tuscaloosa. It's not. I think Georgia wins that game, but we'll get to Alabama in a second. I certainly think if Alabama wins that game, they have uh, a case to be made meaning that their only loss is Texas and we'll get to Texas too, right? This is what I'm talking about. It seems like every year you come into this situation, but at this point you have eight teams, in my opinion, that have a case for the playoffs. There's eight teams that are either 11 and one or 12 and L and have played hard schedules and have good resumes. So, Anyway, UGA-Michigan. I think UGA comfortably, I, I will say they will probably win that uh, SEC championship game. Now, I'd never count out Nick Saban. But, so maybe comfortably is the wrong word that I've been using. But let's just assume that Georgia wins the game that they're supposed to win and they continue to go undefeated. They're number one. Michigan's number two. I'd say you're going to end up with Washington or Oregon. And then FSU, honestly, guys, they're the biggest wild card in all of this because they're going to play Louisville in the uh, ACC championship. Louisville's had a great season. They're 10-2. They're uh, 10th ranked. FSU is opening up as a three-point favorite. Uh, It's it's going to be on Saturday night. You're going to have a chance for Florida State to finish the season 13-0. And they've had a pretty good resume. I mean, they have a good road win against Pitt, even though Pitt wasn't ranked. Uh, they have a good home win against Duke, who was ranked at the time, looking at their resume. Um, they have a great opening week win against LSU. And LSU is uh, is is not ranked as high as they were back at the beginning of the season, but they're still top 15 team. Um, and so... For for Florida State, if they carry their ACC championship card into the dance and they're undefeated, it's going to be pretty hard to leave them out. Um, not saying it won't happen because we know this committee values SEC and you know maybe Big Ten over ACC, but the, there's that possibility. Now, the only two teams we haven't talked a to ton talk about right now are osu and texas now osu as i've said they were in last year despite losing to michigan at home but last year's playoff was a little bit different you had oklahoma state hanging around i you know i can't really remember who else was hanging around um but there wasn't really as much congestion in the top eight last year as there was this year. So it's going to be pretty hard for Ohio State with no championship game next week, right? Because the Big Ten has divisions. It's going to be Iowa playing Michigan. And I think Iowa has a better chance of losing to Michigan than Alabama does of losing to Georgia. But that being said, it's going to be pretty hard for OSU to get into the playoff. Same thing with Texas. Texas is going to play in their Big 12 championship against Oklahoma State Oklahoma State's had a pretty good season. They're 9-3, 20th ranked, but I don't know if carrying that Big 12 championship card in to the dance at the end of the season is going to be enough for Texas to get a top-four spot, especially considering last year's TCU team that made it in was undefeated, and then so were some of those Oklahoma teams in the past that made it from that conference. Texas... I mean, I'm not saying they have a bad resume. They they have a great resume. They have some big wins, home win over uh, Kansas State. That was close. They um, have a uh, win over Alabama in week two. That will be really hard if both Alabama and Texas win their conferences. But Texas beat Alabama, and Alabama's only loss came to, uh, what was what was it, LSU? It's going to be really hard to keep... Texas out over Bama um, if Texas beat Bama, but that's going to be something that we'll just have to see if, if Alabama able to beat Georgia. So really you look at this, you look at this top eight and w- the way it's set up now, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, FSU, Oregon, OSU, Texas, and Alabama. I think it's set up, The way it should be right now, but any one of those eight teams could make the playoff. And I would not be surprised in the slightest, depending on what happens next week in the conference championship. The only thing to consider is, is that the only one of those eight not playing in a conference championship is Ohio state. And so they won't have a chance to add to their resume in the last thing that the committee saw was them losing to Michigan um at home uh in a close game excuse me on the road in a close game so if michigan ends up you know being number 2 it, it, in my opinion it's still going to be pretty hard for ohio state to get in anyway they you know dropping four spots with that loss as they did is uh pretty tough all right I'm switching gears here to the uh, moving on and switching gears here to the NFL. I thought yesterday's NFL slate was a little weak. Um, not just because a lot of people played on Thursday and Friday, but the biggest game of the night was not until late, right? Like you didn't have really a good afternoon game um, at all. And then you ended up with the Bills and the Eagles late, which was a very, very good game. 37 uh, 34 in overtime. The Eagles uh, winning it, uh, and I think Buffalo has just continued to lose close games. And at this point, what are they six and six? I think it's going to be pretty hard for them to uh, make the playoffs, but I, th- I still think they could do it. They the AFC is still pretty um, wide open in terms of those wild card spots, as I've been saying all year. Miami, Jacksonville, Kansas City, and Baltimore have pretty much established themselves as the division winners. Um, in my opinion, I don't think a lot's going to change there. Jacksonville got a win over Houston yesterday. Kansas City beat Las Vegas. Baltimore—I forget who who they beat. Um, I think it was—I think they beat the Chargers uh, on the road. So I, th- I think those teams are just winning um, for winning sake at this point. And then you know that five through seven. You've got Houston in there at six and five. They're on the outside at eight. Buffalo's at six and six. They're the ten. Denver's six and five. Uh, Buffalo still hasn't had their buy yet, I don't think. Um, and so it's going to be pretty hard for Buffalo to make the playoffs. I wouldn't rule it out, of course. There's still plenty of football left to be played—five or six games for a lot of teams. Um, but I, I, I'm just not seeing. It. I think Pittsburgh. I think Cleveland will probably fade indianapolis might fade that might present an opportunity for buffalo or denver to sneak in there um but it's really become like a five team race for three spots and at this point it's going to take other teams losing for for buffalo to get in over in the nfc i think uh, philadelphia can start planning what they want to do during their bye week uh you know i i just i don't see a scenario where they don't get the number one seed. I think they've got two wins in the bank over, uh, over San Francisco and the rest of their schedule is manageable. Of course they play San Francisco next week. Um, that will be the biggest game, uh, probably of that week that I'm looking at right now. Um, if if they're able to beat San Francisco next week, That just makes my point even stronger. I don't see a scenario where at that point, they would be uh, three games clear of the 49ers with that tiebreaker. I think that's essentially them clinching the number one overall seed. So I think they can start planning what they want to do during their bye. Despite the fact that then on the following week, they go to Dallas on Sunday night football. I think at the end of that, their schedule's suddenly pretty manageable because then they get the Seahawks on the road. But Seattle, I I think they're certainly beatable. And then they get home against the Giants, home against the Cardinals, and then finish the season at Giants. They should finish the season with three wins. So at this point, you're looking at a team that's going to lose no less than, in my opinion, 13 games. And then if they're able to win at least, especially if they're able to beat San Francisco next week, But even if they lose, if they can beat Dallas on the road, you're looking at a team that, you know, I I think has already sort of certainly punched their ticket to the playoffs. Um, I I think Dallas will have something to say about it because Dallas is looking at this the other way. And they're saying, look, Philly, yeah, Will thinks they're going to uh, walk away with the uh, NFC Number one overall seed, but Dallas is thinking if they slip up against San Francisco, then we get them at home with a chance to uh, take the division over, assuming we're able to take care of business the rest of the year. So, look, there's a a lot that's still in play. And so when I say things like Buffalo isn't going to make the playoffs or Philadelphia is probably one – their their division and certainly their conference i i am leaving the door slightly ajar for there to be some chaos um but that's sort of how the playoff pictures are looking right now in the nfc philly san francisco detroit with a uh loss tough loss to uh what uh, who who was it that they played was it the packers yeah tough loss to the packers but they're still hanging around the NFC South of course is abysmal because the Falcons are leading that division at five and six Tampa losing yesterday is now four and seven New Orleans is five and six as well so Atlanta's just holding on to that spot you could have a situation where Dallas goes on the road again as a five seed to the NFC South this year much like they did last year Minnesota clawing their way into a playoff spot. Seattle, I think, still hanging on, but they'll fade. And then keep an eye on Green Bay for that final spot uh, in the NFC. All right, just getting to the Patriots real quick before I close up the show. Uh, mentioned it yesterday in the live video. There's not really much to analyze anymore. They lose games. They lose games they shouldn't lose. Uh, and now they're full-on heading toward number one overall pick. Uh, i think at this point only carolina is higher than them uh and carolina i don't think will be drafting a quarterback considering they took Bryce Young uh last year in that spot so if the patriots i could be wrong but if the patriots have a situation where they're drafting two overall um you know it, it it's going to lead to them possibly landing a guy like Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Pennings Jr. You pick pick somebody, you name it, Bo Nicks, Um, They're going to have their pick of their guy. And if there's anything to analyze the rest of the season, it's two things. It's one, who's going to be their next guy, both at the quarterback position and in the locker room as the head coach if they decide to move on from Bill Belichick. As I said yesterday, there's not a world that exists. In which they lose the rest of the games, or even if they win one more game, if they finish two and fifteen or three and fourteen, I don't think there's a world that exists where Kraft can let Belichick keep his job. There just, I just don't think there is. Considering all the things that went wrong for them this year, were his personnel decisions. Um, we could go into the laundry list of, especially on the offensive side of the ball mistakes that have been made since uh, Tom Brady went to Tampa, and they've pretty much all been his decisions, especially letting Nick Folk walk, right? That was the difference in yesterday's game. They let Nick Folk walk, and then their new kicker, Shanks, a uh, 35-yarder that would have tied the game. So all these things wrapped up into one. That's the analysis. It's who's going to be the next guy, and can they play spoiler? Like, right? like Can they keep the Bills out of the playoffs? Can they keep... Uh, the Chiefs from being the number one overall seed like these are some of the teams that they play the rest of the year um if you're interested in that if you want to see them can they keep Denver out of the playoffs can they keep the Chargers or um the Jets uh you know from even considering that uh some of those things they'll have an opportunity to do um and and you know they still have a young team so those of you who want them to full-on tank and have the players buy in I don't think that's going to happen um I think the players are prideful people and and I think it's good for them to try and compete in every game. Look, they're in every game. Like the last three losses have been come down to the final possession. Right? They miss a kick against the Giants. Mack throws an interception. And then Bailey Zappi does an encore against the Colts over in Germany. And Washington Mac throws a pick as they're driving down the field. Um, in Miami, they had an opportunity uh, before they completely let themselves be emasculated on fourth down with a touchdown. So all of these things, uh, you know, Las Vegas came down to the final possession. It's really only the Miami game and the two blowouts at Dallas and New Orleans in which they've lost by – they have nine losses. Only three of them have been by more than one score. So they're in these games. If you want, if you want a winning culture in the future, then maybe you want them to compete but maybe still lose, uh, which is what we've basically been seeing all year. And you know I can get on board with that if you want me to, but I don't want them to go out there and just get blown out for the sake of ensuring a loss. I don't think that's good for the players that are going to be on the team next year, and I don't think that's good for really much of anybody. Uh, but I would certainly, uh I would certainly be mindful of that uh, as we head down the stretch. I, you know, it would be great in my opinion if, you know, they could still somehow maintain a way to get a high draft pick. Um, and then also, you know, maybe beat somebody like Kansas City or Pittsburgh or Denver just to be a playoff spoiler. I think that would be interesting. I think that would be fun. And I think you'd be kidding yourselves if you didn't think it would be entertaining to watch the Chiefs or the or the Broncos who are, you know, trying to get into playoff seating lose to uh, you know, a two in ten Pats team. I think you'd be kidding yourselves if, if you didn't think that would be enjoyable, at least for one minute. Especially because as I've been saying all along, It doesn't really matter in my opinion if they pick two four or ten they're still going to have an opportunity to get a high-end quarterback now obviously the higher they pick the more likely it is that they get a better guy or somebody that they've identified but again as i've said they gotta have a plan and that's what there's going to be that's what we're going to have to analyze for the next six months is what the plan is moving forward all right that's going to do it for this episode Home Field Advantage. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. We'll be back Wednesday night um, with a pod out Thursday morning. But until next time, I hope you have a good rest of your week and you've been listening to Home Field Advantage. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Be sure to also check us out two times a week on those platforms, on Monday and on Thursday. All of the Sportland USA programs are independent, and the opinions expressed on them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.